don't know about you today, I'm just so, I feel so privileged to be in God's house today, to be in his presence and to be here to worship him today with all that is within us. And it's just been amazing so far in this service. And thank you to the band for playing all the tech stuff that's going on in the background. Are we online? Yes, welcome to those who are online with us this morning. So glad that you're here. And uh, we're going to open up God's word in just a little minute. Just a few things that I wanted to share first before I do that. Um, I wanted to welcome everyone afresh this morning. If you missed the welcome at the start, if you're visiting with us, if you're here for the first time, a warm welcome. We are so glad that you're here. And also just to say uh, a massive thank you to everyone who helped on Thursday um, for Heather's funeral. I just want to say, as a church, you excelled on Thursday. You excelled. You did a fantastic job. And you did her proud, and you did her family proud as well. So thank you for that. Just a reminder that this week all the groups are on, so prayer on Monday at 9.30. Um, on Tuesday evening in the church here at 7, we have our encounter evening. So we're coming together to pray and coming together to experience God's presence in this place. And if you have a mobile phone, now's a good time to put it on silent. Um, Treasure Kids will be on a Wednesday, Oxygen Tuesday, uh, Thursday. Um, treasure Talks Friday morning, and then there'll be prayer again on Saturday morning on Zoom. Season Changers will be on this weekend, uh, 4th of February, and I got a wee note from Marlon. This is my wee love letter from Marlon, which I got at the start of the service. Season Changers, uh, winter-themed event, Saturday, 4th of February, 12 o'clock till 2. Need transport? Question mark. Speak to Leslie or Marlon. Now, Leslie and Marlon, where are you? Go and stand up so that people know who you are. Where's Leslie? She was here. She's away over to Treasure Kids. So uh, if you speak to Marlon, because she's here. And uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you to everyone who serves in the life of the church. You're doing an amazing job. Um, this week, I will begin a short period of annual leave. Yay. Looking forward to that. Uh, I'm kind of needing a break. Um, but just so that you're aware, next week Peter Hall will be with us. You know Peter. Peter does our finance stuff or some of our finance stuff. He does uh, lots of things for the church that way. Uh, so Peter will be here uh, next week and Anne will be leading the service. Then the following week, it will be a retired colleague of mine. His name is David Meldrum. He was the pastor at the Assemblies of God Church in Dokeith. Uh, David will be here the following week uh, ministering. And then the following week, I get three Sundays off. Ooh. I'm not saying I'll be off for three weeks, just clarifying. Um, but the following week, Angela will be sharing uh, in the life of the church and ministering from God's Word. And I'm really excited that you get to hear other people for a little while, because you're like, I wish that guy would shut up. <laughs> no, I'm only kidding. You don't say that. I know. And just to remind you, if you're unaware, there's a little offering box called a generosity box up the back if you want to give to the Lord's work in this church. You're giving to God. And uh, it's his work. Um, I want, has anybody done a prayer walk this week? Don't be shy. Don't be bashful. Yes, some people have been prayer walking. A few hands going up, so excellent. And today, just before I preach, and I noticed that my time is rapidly running out, uh, which is a shame because I've got a, an hour-long message today. No, I'm only kidding. I don't really. Today, I want to pray for the extended leadership team. Everybody who serves in any way in the church, I want to pray over you today, pray over your families and your loved ones, and pray over the work that you do. So I'm going to do that right now, and then we'll open up God's Word. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for every person who serves in any way in this church. Lord, 
Some of the things that happen in this church, in the life of the church, week by week, day by day, they, they are never seen in the public eye. But Father, we thank you for every gift which is given to you, for every uh, minute, second, hour that's given to you. Father, we thank you for the time that is given to serve you in this, in this very uh, church. And Lord, we pray your blessing on everyone who leads those teams. And Lord, we ask that you'd give strength and courage and wisdom, that you'd give boldness. And Father, that you, you would give insight into the direction uh, for the way that each ministry should go. And so, Father, we pray, have your hand upon each one. And Lord, I pray your protection over the leaders of the church. And Father, I ask that you would just surround them, that you would enfold them, Father, that they would experience your peace and lead them into all that you have for them. And Father, we just pray, move in every heart. And Lord, I pray for your protection over their families as well, those who are around them, their loved ones. Lord, those who are with us today, those who are not with us today, Lord, we know some are on holiday. But Father, we just pray that you would be with each one. Bless our leaders, Father. Protect them, guide them, and lead them into all that you have for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, the title of what I want to share today is Depending More on the Holy Spirit. I began the year by putting this slide up. We need to go deeper in the Word. So, we need to go deeper in our, into our study and our understanding of God's Word. We need to depend more on the Holy Spirit, and we need to develop our prayer life. Three priorities in the life of the church as we entered into 2013. 2013? <laughs> that was a while ago. 2023. Yes. Yes. I'm ten years behind. My goodness. Goodness. Um, and on Tuesday night as we gathered to pray, and then on Saturday morning as we gathered to pray, we thought about keys, and I really felt that the Holy Spirit was directing us to pray that God would give us keys to unlock things in our, our, our country, our nation, amongst leaders in all sorts of different spheres, that God would give us keys to unlock situations in our community, and that God would give us keys in our church to unlock things which have been closed to us for a long time now. Sorry, I thought I heard something there. Just my, just my imagination. And then, and then, then we were out and saw this little bunch of keys hanging on a wall. And I felt God was saying, take notice. God had been speaking to me in my devotions in the morning. And I felt he showed me this picture to say, take notice. This is actually me that's speaking to you here. And so I just wanted to summarize by, by sharing some of those things at the start. <coughs> and there's something about our experiences just in this last week that made me think about uh, the human spirit. There's something intangible but so very real about the human spirit. And I want us to think about the spirit and his work in us as he works in our spirit today. Do you know there's a, a miracle which occurs when we truly surrender our lives to Christ? The Holy Spirit, the very spirit of God, comes into our lives and becomes part of our lives. Think about that for a second. God is bigger than us. God is bigger than our world. God is bigger than our solar system. God is bigger than the whole universe. God is outside of time. He is timeless. God is a spirit. And those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth, the Bible says. And the Spirit of God, that massive Spirit of God, comes and lives in us when we surrender our lives to Christ and empowers us to do things we never thought we could do. And I think that is absolutely incredible. 
And Romans chapter 8, verse 11 says this, And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who lives in you. God's Spirit will energize us and give us life, even life to this mortal body that we live in. Listen to Romans chapter 9, Romans chapter 8, verses 9 to 11 in the message translation of the Bible. But if God himself has taken up residence in your life, you can hardly be thinking more of yourself than of him. Anyone, of course, who has not welcomed this, this invisible but clearly present God, the Spirit of Christ, won't know what we're talking about. And it describes God there as this invisible but clearly present God through the Spirit. But for you who welcome him, in whom he lives, in whom he dwells, even though you still experience all the limitations of sin, and we do, you yourselves experience life on God's terms. It stands to reason, doesn't it, that if the alive and present God who raised Jesus from the dead moves into your life, he'll do the same thing in you that he did in Jesus, bringing you alive to himself. This verse that we read, when God lives and breathes in you, and he does, as surely as he did in Jesus, you are delivered from that dead life with his spirit living in you, your body will be as alive as Christ's. These are incredible words. When the Holy Spirit lives, us, lives in us, we become alive. Do you believe that this morning? Amen. Good, we're all on the same page. Hopefully, we're all on the same page. And those who are online, leave a comment if you believe that's true. I don't know if you've ever found yourself saying in life, I've got it. It's like the pennies dropped, I've got it. And then before you're saying, before, before you finish, you're saying, I've not got it. Have you ever been like that? It's like, I remember as a young person thinking, I've arrived, I've made it, I've become mature as a Christian. And then a few years later, I went, actually, I didn't even know what I was talking about. <laughs> I thought I had it, but realized I was so far off having it. And it was in my devotions that I read about blessings and battles. And when we're in blessing, we say, I've got it. And then when the battles come, we say, I've not got it. <laughs> and I also think when we think about blessings and battles, the blessings we think they're going to last forever. When we're in blessing, it's like, this is amazing. God's doing great things in my life. There's all these things happening. And we think it's going to last forever. And then the battles come, and we think they're going to be short, but they seem to go on forever, don't they? We never seem to get out of the battle. <coughs> Excuse me. And we seem like they're never ending. And I think where I want to go today is to help us to realize that we've not got it. Without Jesus, without the Holy Spirit living in us, we've not got it. Whatever it is, and that's the question. But we depend, as we depend on God, God does amazing things through us, in us and through us. You know, as I think about, as I think about that phrase, I've not got it. I was reflecting on some of the ways where I sometimes feel I've not got it. And I think about the job that I have as being the pastor of the church. And sometimes I think, 
I've not got it. <laughs> Sometimes you think it's going great and I've got it. And then other times you think, I've not got it. And then I go back to 2004 in a tent in North Wales where God spoke to me and said, this is what you have to do. He didn't say that, but he confirmed my objection to the call of God in my life in this particular role. And that call of God in our lives is vital. Whatever you're doing, wherever you find yourself, whatever the call of God in your life is, it might not be to stand here, it might be to do other things, and that's okay. Everything's necessary. But the call of God is vital in our lives. And God spoke to me in an evening so clearly. And since that day in 2004, there's never been a plan B. I don't have a plan B. I don't have an exit strategy. There's no plan B. And as I was thinking about the call of God as I went on in life, I realized that the call of God is the key that opens up the door, but it's your character that keeps you in the room. And for each of us, wherever we find ourselves, whatever the call of God in your life is, and the call of God in your life could be in the workplace. It could be where you're studying just now. It could be the street that God's placed you in to be a witness to your neighbors. It's your character that keeps you in the room. Because when the character goes... So does the witness and the testimony. So does the authority and the power. Until we come back to that place where we say, do you know, I'm not enough. And I was thinking as well, once I took over from Andrew, about this whole area of the interpretation of tongues. And I was like, Lord, you need to give me that gift. I need to have that gift in the church because there's often a message in tongues. And I remember praying about that gift. and, And after Andrew left, I think Bet gave a message in tongues. And before Beck gave the message in tongues, I was sitting in my house and God gave me this strong, strong impression, a deep, it's like plasticine where you put something in it and it creates an impression. It was just this impression. And as the message in tongues came, I was like, I know what the interpretation is. And that had never happened to me before. I was like, thank you, God. I'm not enough. I've not got that. You need to give me it. And it's like that in so many areas of life, especially if we put ourselves out there to do the work of God, we need to have it. Because if we've not got it, we'll not make it. In Romans, we read on these words. So don't you see that we don't owe this old do-it-yourself life one red cent? It's so easy to DIY, isn't it? Well, for some people it's not. Do you know, in my school report card, and I was talking about this recently, and I came the top of my class in craft and design in fourth year, and second top of the class in fifth year, and yet in second year, the teacher said that I was rubbish at it, and I should go to Ikea if I wanted to ever build anything. That's what he said. Cheeky monkey, DIY. I'm actually not bad at DIY now. (laughs) In fact, the workbench that I built when I was in fifth year is in my garage still, still standing. It's covered in junk, mind you, but that's another story. And this verse goes on to say there's nothing in it for us, nothing at all. The best thing to do is to give it a decent burial and get on with your new life. God's spirit beckons. There are things to do and places to go. Church, There are things to do and there are places to go, but we'll only do it as we're empowered by God's Spirit. And I want to just say 
something as we think about being empowered by God's Spirit. There's more. Who was it that used to say that? Come here, there's more. Was it Jiminy Cricket or something like that? Jimmy Cricket or whatever his name was, that wee comedian guy on the telly. Come here, there's more. God has more for us. There's always more. More to do, but doing it in God's strength because God comes and fills us first. And the early church had to wait in that power. Luke recorded the words of Jesus as he began his second letter. And it was the book of Acts, the record of the church for his friend Theophilus. And in verse 4 it says, Jesus said this, Wait for the gift my Father has promised. Wait for the gift my Father's promised. What would have happened if they'd went out with a DIY mentality, let's go and plant a church in Ephesus, and they went in their own strength, there would be no church in Ephesus, guaranteed. And yet we read about the church in Ephesus through the letters. These people had an experience in God where they were baptized by God's Spirit. That's what Jesus talked about. In fact, even John spoke about Jesus and he said, do you know, I baptize you with water, but there's somebody coming who will baptize you in the Holy Spirit. He's the one you want to listen to. And we have this experience, and I have had this experience called the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Do you know, I was, I was trying to ask somebody else to share about their experiences of that today, but it's been such a busy week, and I've not really had the chance to follow that through. But for me, I'm going to share my story. <laughs> for me, I picture a small church on the outskirts of the old capital city of Japan. And that's an aerial shot. There's two bridges at the bottom of the screen there. The bigger of those two bridges is the one that I used to go over in the train when I was going to church on a Sunday. And Kyoto was my home for nine months back when I was 22 years old. And the church was just over the Katsura River that you see there to the west of the city. And the church looks more like a house than anything else. That is a picture of the church that we met in. And the sun is shining again. Today's preacher is a guy called Victor. He's preaching in English, which is a welcome change. And then there's this nudge within me, that niggle that I can't get rid of. I don't know, was it my imagination? Or was it God? You need to get Victor to pray for you. I asked he prayed, and something tangible happened in that moment. The presence of God was so tangible in that moment, and I started to pray in another language. Unfortunately, it wasn't Japanese. That would have been really handy. <laughs> but it was just as exciting. And my life was deeply impacted by this overwhelming experience, and it was transformational. God changed my life that day. God changed the way that I approached things. He changed the way that I saw things. God gave me a boldness to be his witness. I had a fresh boldness, something that I'd never experienced before because I'm quite a quiet, shy, and retiring person. I know you don't believe that, but it's so true. And at 22, I didn't know then what I know now. At 22, there were before me, joys unspeakable and full of glory. And the half <laughs> had never yet been told. 
my young brothers here today. It's great to see you, Ian. Ian will remember when we used to travel around the mission halls and the songs we used to sing. <laughs> and I can almost hear the organ playing and I can smell the buildings that we were in and the hymn books. I can still smell the hymn books in my head. And we would sing that song, Joy Unspeakable and Full of Glory. Does anybody know that song? You guys never went around the mission halls then. <laughs> and at 22... At 22, there lay ahead moments of the deepest sorrow with pain unimaginable. I didn't know at 22 what lay ahead of me. And yet I know that since that moment, God has been with me, walking every step. As we were practicing that last song that we sung this morning, I got overcome by emotion as I thought about the words afresh. Can't go back to the beginning. I can't go back to being 22 as much as I would like to. <laughs> can't go back to the beginning. Can't control what tomorrow might bring. But I know here in the middle is the place where you promise to be. God lives with us in the moment. God's here with us in the moment. And I believe that God wants to pour out something powerful in your life today in the moment. First Corinthians Chapter 12, verse 7 says this. Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. There's a purpose to this. It's not just so that we can have a happy, clappy, feel-good time. There's a purpose to it. The manifestation, the, the demonstration of God's presence in our lives as we exercise the gifts of the Spirit, as we exercise the other gifts that God has put within us, the purpose is always for the common good. It's that the church might be built up and that the church might become all that God planned for it to be. I'm in two minds as to where to go with the message, actually, because there's a few other things I wanted to share about a man called Stephen that we read about in Acts chapter 6 and 7. I think that God wants to say something to each person in here. And it's not what I've written in my notes. I don't know how to articulate it. But I think it's attached to a question. And the question is this. How hungry are you for God? How hungry are you for God? I remember at 22, being hungry for God. I was in the scriptures, reading, studying, trying to learn, trying to understand, ordering tapes from America that got delivered to my wee place in Japan. Met up with my friend Dale, who's from New Zealand, and we would study the, the scriptures together, and we'd go to church sometimes together, singing songs in Japanese. And I remember when I came here at first, there was a song that I'd only ever sung in Japanese and I arrived here and we sung it in English and the presence of God just filled the room as far as I was concerned as I understood what this song meant for the first time fully. It's like, oh, wow, Lord, you're here. And I really feel that the, 
the Lord is saying he's here today. He's here for you. He's here for your situation. The thing that you're wrestling with today. The thing that you're struggling with. And I'm looking out at faces today. And many of the faces in here I know. And your lives I know. And I know the things that are going on in your lives. And I know that God is interested in every aspect of your life. And God knows what lies ahead of you. And I think what he's asking you today is, how hungry are you for my presence? How hungry are you for me? I know that there are things that I can't do unless the Holy Spirit comes, unless God empowers my life, unless God works in me and through me. There are things that I can't do that I need to do, and it's in God's strength that I do these things. And the question is, how hungry are you for God today? How hungry are you? And I believe what the Holy Spirit is saying to us today, if you are hungry, he will come and he will fill you. He will come and he will fill you and he will give you what you need for your situation. God doesn't always change the circumstances. Sometimes what God does is he changes us in the circumstances. And our approach and our outlook changes as we begin to have the life of God in us that changes us and transforms us and gives us what we need to endure sometimes, the circumstances. And for some people today, it's a step of faith. It's a step of trust and say, okay, Lord, I've been struggling with this for months now. But today, I'm giving it over to you. Today is the day when I give it over to you. Sarah, would you be okay with coming up and the musicians and we do this song uh, here again? Just so that we can have a moment to respond and, and use the words of this song to help us to respond to what God is saying today. I can't go back to the beginning much as I would want to sometimes. Can't control what tomorrow might bring. Believe me, as much as I want to sometimes. But I know that here in the middle is the place where you promise to be. I'm not enough unless you come. Will you meet me here again? Because all I want is all you are. Will you meet me here again? Three years ago, we were in Arizona and we sung this song at the end of service after I preached. And I felt that God was saying the same thing there as he's saying here to his church. Is that we need to reach out to him. That we need to call out to him. That the church is not enough without him. As much as we've tried to do things in our own strength, we will not succeed unless he comes and, the, and, and unless he lives in all that we do. And so today, as we sing this song, May it be a prayer of our hearts. May it be the cry of our hearts today. Lord, come and fill me with your spirit. And as we come on Tuesday night for encounter evening, seven o'clock in this building, I pray that you come with hearts filled with a desire to seek God, a desire to be filled with him, of, to be filled with all of who he is. And Father, we just pray that you'd come and that you'd meet with us again. Father, we need that tangible 
demonstration of the Spirit's power, that manifestation of the Spirit's power in our lives, in our church, in our situations, our families, our workplaces, the things that we're wrestling with, the things where we've just been waiting on that breakthrough. And Father, sometimes we've been waiting on breakthrough for years. And Lord, we know that that breakthrough will come. Lord, what you have promised and what you have spoken over us will be fulfilled. Lord, the prophetic words over this church will be fulfilled. We believe it and we confess it this morning. You will fulfill your word. You always do. And Father, we just pray that as we stand and as we sing this song, Father, we pray that you'd come and that you would meet with us in such a powerful way, in such a tangible way. Lord, may we meet with you today. In Jesus' name we ask. Let's stand as we sing this song again.
you know, I just feel we don't really usually do this in church, uh, not these days anyway, but we're just going to sing that chorus part again, just a few times through, um, just to give you time to respond to what God is saying in this building today, what he's saying to our hearts. And I really believe that if you're hungry for God and you want more of God, then he's asking you to take a step of faith by coming out just to the front of the church. And I just, once people are gathered at the front of the church, I'm just going to pray over you and over the church. But I really feel he's asking us to take a step of faith to get out of our seat and to come down the front. If there's an area where you're looking for breakthrough in your life, come and seek his face just by being at the front of the church. Come and seek his face. Let's just take that moment. Don't be shy and uh, don't be... Uh, cautious about coming out. Maybe, Lindsay, we could just switch off uh, the, the camera. Uh, sorry for those who are online, but I just feel it's a personal moment, a private moment. And uh, just invite you to come out to the church as we just sing that chorus part again and just come and seek God. The Bible says that we will seek him and we will find him when we seek him with all of our heart. And so if that's you today and you want that breakthrough, you're looking for more of who he is in your life, then just come out as we sing that chorus just a few times and then we're going to pray and then service will be finished and we invite you to stay for tea and coffee this morning after the service.